And now, enjoy this free JZO Modcast show. Carry on all the way you want, son. There'll be peace when you are done. Lay your weary head to rest. Don't you cry. And welcome to episode 35 of Lupa's Bits. I am your host, Lupa Barty, a.k.a. Stephanie J. Barty. You can probably tell by the sound of my voice that I'm not overly enthused this week. I'm, uh, I'm just not. And I have multitudes of reasons. And you also hear I'm moving around a little bit. <laughs> Because I'm, I'm trying to get situated. And I know I should have been situated before I started. But you know what? It is what it is. And that's kind of my theme. And it's probably going to be the title of this episode. It is what it is. Uh, because a lot of things lately in my life are becoming it is what it is. And I have to accept that. Today was a very frustrating day. I had a whole TikTok live planned. I'd had a question asked of me um, on TikTok and I answered the question and it kind of turned into doing the scheduled live about paranormal. And I was very excited about it and I had all my stories ready and I had like, you know, I had stuff. The same with the live that I did on Monday on International Women's Day. I had plans for that and... I don't know what the issue is. I couldn't hold a connection. The connection kept dropping. So, you know, I took it off of the internet and went on to my data, which by all rights should have streamed beautifully because normally it does. If I'm taking a Facebook call, it if I switch over to data, it's perfectly fine. If I'm doing Zoom or I'm doing Skype or I do uh, WhatsApp with my nephews, if I take if I'm on my data, it is beautiful, not a problem. Well, I switched my TikTok Live over to my data, and it was still dropping and freezing and unstable connection, and was driving me insane. And then today, it just oh, it got to the point where I would get the connection and before I could even say, hey, I've got a connection, the connection would drop. And I don't, I don't understand what the problem was. It was just, it was very frustrating. And it's kind of, all of a sudden, all of my frustrations and my, my hurt and my anger and everything just kind of all just came to a head at that moment. And I just, I shut the live down and um, I had warned people in my live that were going to be listening to my podcast that this was going to be a rather ranty podcast. I have some things I need to get off my chest. Some of the things are, are realizations that didn't come about until after I had made a comment on my TikTok. Um, and I was trying to avoid getting political because I had three rules in my lives. No politics, no religion, no drama. And I was bringing the politics and I was bringing the drama myself. I, I needed to stop that because this is where it's it's going to be. <laughs> I don't have those rules 
in my in my podcast. I don't have them. And, you know, you get my opinion. If you don't like it, that's fine. I totally respect that you have a different point of view. But this is my podcast. And I don't ask that you respect my point of view. I don't ask that you even like my point of view. Just understand, it's my point of view. My name is on that podcast. And you're not going to change my point of view. More than likely. And I say that as a preface to what I am going to talk about today. Because it's a very hot-button topic. It's a very controversial topic. If you've listened to any of my podcasts at all, you know that I have had a very traumatic childhood. I have had some traumatic experiences that kind of give me the right place to be able to talk about this latest ridiculousness. And that's the only word that I can use and stay within the non-swearing aspect is ridiculousness. It's just ridiculous. What I'm referring to is this entire cancel culture movement. Now, I don't mean the, I mean, with our generation, or at least the generation kind of in between us and this new generation, it was politically correct. There were certain things that you couldn't say, which is completely understandable. But now, they are trying to completely cancel, to me, it feels like an entire generation. Music, cartoons, books, movies, icons, everything. They want to cancel it. Now, by canceling it, I mean they want to completely obliterate the fact that it even existed at all. They're not changing it. Like with, okay, Aunt Jemima as an example. Totally understand where they're coming from and changing that icon. But they didn't obliterate the fact that they had this particular icon for this long. Yes, they all got up in arms. I totally understand it. I'm not. Don't don't come at me calling me a racist because I'm not. I totally understand why they changed it. I do. You cannot obliterate the fact that it was this icon for however many years. Yes, it is a racist icon. No question. No question. I don't dispute that. But don't try and erase that it existed. Because if you try and erase the things that we're supposed to be learning from and growing from, then the next generation isn't going to have anything to look back on and to learn from. If you cancel an entire culture, an entire generation. They're trying to wipe out Dr. Seuss books. They're trying to change movies. They're trying to wipe out icons. They're trying to wipe out musicians. They're trying to wipe out cartoons. Removing them in their entirety, all of their previous stuff. Pepe Le Pew is the latest example. The overly amorous skunk. Yeah, dude had boundary. had boundary issues. Dude had consent issues. Perfect time to sit your son down and go, don't be like Peppy. That is not acceptable behavior. Perfect opportunity to sit your daughter down and you see, guy starts doing that to you. These are the places that you punch him. These are the places that you poke him hard. Eyeballs, throat, private parts. But to completely erase Peppy Le Pew, to completely erase certain depictions in Dr. Seuss, you're wiping out any chance of a learning experience for the next generation. 
I've seen in places like, um, like I totally understand removing the monuments to slavery. I get it. I get it. But replace it with something that reminds you that this once existed. This once happened. Don't do it again. Because if you completely erase everything from history, then you can't learn from history. You can't take the mistakes that the previous generation has made and learn from it. How do you think we got to where we are today? By learning from the mistakes of the previous generation, not by obliterating everything that was wrong with that generation. And yeah, I am talking about my generation, Gen Z. What they're trying to, everything that they're trying to obliterate came about or was a big thing during my generation, my childhood. They're trying to completely wipe out my childhood. I mean, I'm not running around trying to drop anvils on people's heads. And yeah, I get that that's not commonplace. And I understand that Pepe Le Pew's behavior is kind of commonplace. But think about that for a minute. Think about the fact that his lack of boundaries, his lack of obtaining consent before forcing a kiss upon a female is acceptable, is common behavior. And that is why they are trying to wipe out his existence. Now, Warner Brothers has said they are only removing him from the new Space Jam movie. Give it time. He'll be completely removed. And I had a complete debate this morning on my Facebook wall about the removal of Pepe Le Pew. Nobody, nobody has a problem with Bugs Bunny kissing people without being asked. He's constantly kissing Elmer Fudd on his big old noggin or Yosemite Sam. Nobody has a problem with that. Or is that coming? But you have a problem with Pepe Le Pew, which I... Yeah, dude has... Like I've said it, dude has boundary issues. Dude has consent issues. But there was a point made that everybody shunned Pepe Le Pew. Everybody, because he was a skunk. So now you you want to completely obliterate him, which says that because they're different, because they're not the same as everybody else and they're behaving in a fashion that is not acceptable socially, it's okay to completely cut them out. Gone. You're telling kids that that's okay. His behavior is not okay. But the fact that nobody liked him anyway, that nobody wanted to be around him anyway, everybody ran away from him. That's okay. You can cancel him. That's okay. Run away from him again. Ignore him again. Instead of facing the problem and dealing with the problem and saying, hey, whoa, dude, your behavior is not acceptable. Why don't you make a cartoon about that? Why don't you take the fact that this is upsetting so many people and make a cartoon about it to show, hey, the cat stood up to Peppy. Oh, but wait, the cat did. As soon as Peppy Le Pew was covered in blue paint and no longer looked like a skunk, no longer smelled like a skunk, oh, that cat was all over him and he got to see what it was like what his behavior was doing to her. He got to experience it because she did the exact same thing to him. Not saying that makes it right, but 
Nobody has a problem with the cat. Nobody has a problem with the cat. But the minute Peppy was disguised and no longer looked like what she was not interested in, what she did not find attractive, the minute he was disguised as something that she did find attractive, she had no problems forcing herself on him. Do you see my problem? Do you see where this could be a complete learning experience with your child? Instead of throwing your kid in front of the TV and half-assed listening to what maybe they might be watching, why not sit down with them on a Saturday morning and watch cartoons with them and say, hey, whoa, okay, so this is a cartoon from my childhood I want you to watch. Now, I am a responsible, well-adjusted adult. Not me. No, not me personally, but... This is a conversation you could have with your child. Hopefully they'll believe you because nobody from my generation is well adjusted. Not because of our cartoons. We are, are, are maladjusted because of the way we were raised. Somebody, going back to this Pepe Le Pew thing, I'm not done with it yet. Somebody else stated that, you know, what is this teaching girls? That this kind of behavior is the norm. That this kind of behavior is going to go unaided. Nobody came to help the cat. Nobody came to save the cat. The cat had to help herself. The cat had to get away from him herself. Then nobody helped her. Well, you know what? When that cartoon was relevant in my day and age, back when I was a child and we were watching Looney Tunes or whatever, yeah, Looney Tunes on Saturday mornings, and we would see Pepe Le Pew squeezing that cat and hugging that cat and trying to kiss that cat, and that cat squirming and trying to get away. That is exactly what we were taught. Help is not coming. We were taught if you were being attacked in the street. Well, first of all, we were taught don't walk down dark alleys. We were taught do not walk by yourself at night. If you're a girl, we were taught carry a weapon in your hand. If you have to walk by yourself at night, we were taught this. This was common. This is how you raised your daughters. We were also taught that if we did end up in a situation, because we didn't take all the necessary precautions to make sure we didn't end up in this situation, but if we did end up in this situation and we were attacked, that we are to yell fire, fire, not help, certainly not rape. Heaven forbid, don't ever yell that word out because guaranteed you'll hear crickets before you'll hear help. We were taught to yell fire. Why were we taught to yell fire if we are being attacked? Because more people are interested in coming to watch and see and check out a fire and call 911 and say, hey, somebody yelled fire. There's fire. You might want to send some help. Then there is a young girl in distress screaming, help, save me. Think about that. And that is the mentality that we need to learn from, not wipe out. We need to teach our children that that kind of mentality is not right. Girls should not be afraid to walk alone at night. We should be teaching the boys, you don't go out and accost a girl. Not teaching the girls methods that they have to do and things they have to take and precautions that they need to acknowledge to walk alone at night. But by wiping out cartoons like Pepe Le Pew and um, musicians like Eminem, uh, don't even get me started on that. Because they're dangerous. And the behavior's not acceptable. And it's uncomfortable. Yeah. It's uncomfortable. 
by, by wiping that out completely, you're completely losing the lesson. So little boys are no longer going to be able to see this behavior and go, oh, that's not right. That's not right. Little girls are no longer going to be able to see this behavior and go, oh, that's not right. That is really not right. Parents are going to lose the opportunity to say, hey, Johnny, have a seat. We need to talk. You see how he's treating that cat? That's not how you treat women. That's not how you treat people, period. Male or female. His behavior is wrong. But remember, it's a cartoon. What you see in cartoons is not a depiction of real life. Remember that, Johnny, as you're watching your Saturday morning cartoons. It's not real. But here's Grand Theft Auto. Go play. Do you see my problem? The generation that is having issues with a skunk, a cartoon skunk, is the same generation that will hand their child Grand Theft Auto, Fortnite, any game that puts that child online and in communication with complete strangers. Animal Crossing, Among Us, Fortnite, Grand Theft Auto, uh, Halo. Uh, I'm trying to think of a couple of the other ones that my nephews play. All of those put them in contact with complete strangers. Predators. But you're going to wipe out anything that could possibly warn them that this could be a predator that they're talking to. Hmm. Since you're going to cancel culture, why not cancel all of that? Cancel video games that depict violence. Because somebody's going to go steal a car and mow a bunch of people down. They're going to do that whether they see it or not. An aggressive male is going to be aggressive whether they see it on TV or not. Or they see it in a video game or a cartoon or read it in a book. One of the Dr. Seuss things that they're all up in arms in about is it, it says something about um, and the Chinese man down the street, he eats with sticks. Um, they do. I don't understand where that is racist. Chinese people eat with chopsticks. It's a fact. It's not racist. It's a fact. I don't know how they do it. I have never been able to operate a pair of chopsticks before at all. I've tried. I usually send my food flying. If it's like a chicken ball or something, I will stab it with the chopstick and eat it that way like a kebab. But I don't understand how they can make it. But they do. They eat with chopsticks. So I don't understand why that would be a racist thing. I, I don't, I don't, I don't understand that. But that's one of the things that they have wiped out. They want to cancel Eminem. And yes, I am going to quote from the internet here because this has been said by numerous people. This is a musician that intentionally came onto the scene to offend people, to anger people. That was his sole purpose. Have any of you listened to the Slim Shady CD at all? His sole purpose is to piss people off. He's been doing it for 22 years. You want to completely wipe out his entire career. Erase it. Done. Gone. Can't find his music anywhere. Okay. Shall we keep going? Because you're pretty much the way they're headed. They want to wipe out an entire generation. Generation X. Why? I can tell you why. I have a pretty good idea as to why. Because they came on the scene, they did their little thing, and they thought they were the cat's meow, and Generation X went, oh, did I raise you to be like that? I don't think so. Why are you raising your child to be like that? 
Because we're the generation that doesn't give a crap. We don't. We really, really, we don't. That offends you? I'm sorry. The world didn't collapse. You're offended. Okay. <laughs> Something else that I've heard lately. When did sticks and stones stop becoming relevant? You're offended. Great. Why are you offended? What about it is offending you? And how can you take that and teach the next generation to not be offensive instead of trying to wipe it out, instead of trying to make it not exist? And what, it, what, what this, this whole cancel culture is doing is creating people who constantly do everything they possibly can to please everybody. Oh, you don't have time for me? That's okay. I'll just wait over here. I don't want to offend you. I don't want to upset you. I don't want to inconvenience you. That's fine. Oh, you don't like certain things? Okay, I won't, I won't, I won't, I won't talk about them. Even though that's something that I may believe in and feel very strongly about, you don't, you don't like it? Okay, fine. I won't mention it. I won't talk about it. I won't think about it. I won't react to it anywhere on social media. You won't ever see that I may have an opinion about it. That's what cancel culture is doing. Silencing people from speaking their truth, from speaking out. You erase something. You cancel something completely. It's no longer there. So they, have, they can no longer have an opinion on it. Because how can you have an opinion on something that doesn't exist, you know? Which is probably a good thing because now I can take a breather and maybe, you know, come down a little bit because I'm a little aggressive today. It's been a very frustrating week. Yeah, it's been a very frustrating week. So, I, it's like I said, it kind of all came to a head today. Um... I got angry with somebody yesterday. Something about me that that you may not know. <laughs> Y'all know that I cry. Um, Y'all know I cry when I'm sad. I cry when I'm hurt. What you don't know is that I cry when I'm mad. And that just makes me madder, which just makes me cry even harder. And it just makes me... And it's a vicious circle. And I got mad at somebody yesterday. And as I was trying to tell them why I was mad at them and what like, they had misunderstood and don't come at me, because that is not what I meant, I burst into tears. I was so mad because I'm trying to express an emotion that I have a very hard time expressing. When I'm hurt or I'm angry, I have a very hard time expressing that because good girls don't get mad. Good girls don't express intense emotion. You know, you stay quiet, you do your thing. I just totally went to do something which was putting my needs aside and and my schedule and my agenda aside for the needs and the feelings and the emotions of somebody else because I briefly answered a message in response to something I normally would have jumped on, but because I'm in the middle of a podcast, I didn't. And I felt guilty about that. I felt like I needed to stop what I was doing doing so that I could answer them so that they didn't feel slighted. 
that they didn't, so that they'd, and they, and they've done nothing. Just trust me. They have done nothing to warrant this kind of reaction. They have never demanded anything of me, which kind of hurts too, you know? And this is one of the things that I was referring to at the beginning, um, where I had some ranting to do and some of it was personal. And this is the personal part about it is I make myself very easily available. I make myself very convenient. I make myself very amenable, amenable, however you want to pronounce it. But it doesn't matter what's going on in my life. It doesn't matter what I'm doing. It doesn't matter what I'm feeling or what I need I will shove all that aside. I will push all that down and I will put all of that away for the needs of somebody else to make sure somebody else is having an easy time, is that I'm there for them no matter what. doesn't matter. doesn't matter what I'm going through. If they need me, I'm there. They need to yell and vent and scream and carry on like a banshee, I'm there. I will drop everything. I will listen. I won't burden you with my stuff. I won't tell you that I need help. Why would I do that? I'm supposed to be there to help you. I'm supposed to be there to make your life as easy as possible. I'm supposed to be there to make our relationship as easy as possible, no matter what kind of relationship that is. You're never supposed to have to work for my attention. You're never supposed to have to work for my affection. You're never supposed to have to chase me. I will chase you. I will pursue you. I will make it easy for you. I will come to you. And I do this in every single relationship I have. And I did it again recently with my mom in regards to my aunt. There's some family health issues going on with my aunt and my uncle. And uh, putting everything aside in my life, everything that I've got going on that I need to take care of in my life, throwing all of that aside and offering to go and care for my aunt when she has three grown children and five grown grandchildren of her own that should be stepping up and making sure she's okay. I was her sister's grandchild and I'm going to go and take care of her. I offered. I don't know if it's going to come to that. Um, it could very well from the last conversation I had with my mother. It doesn't matter what's going on in my life. And I just, just now, just did the same thing. Was willing to put the fact that I'm in the middle of a podcast that needs to be done so that it can come out. Because I'm, I'm trying to do it early to make it easier on the person who's doing the editing. Because, you know, they have other things going on. And I told, that's totally acceptable. But forgetting somebody else is now doing the editing, but that's besides the point. I felt guilty for not acknowledging what they had said to me and asking questions and, and, you know, because I am concerned. I am, I am concerned. I am interested, but because I'm in the middle of the podcast, I didn't show that. And I feel guilty for that. I shouldn't feel guilty. I should be comfortable in the knowledge that I told them what I was doing. They've accepted that. And they're not upset that I didn't immediately stop everything and run to 
comfort them and, and, and be there as much as I possibly can. But that's how my brain works. I think it's because, I, you know, I don't even know why. I don't, I, I honestly, I don't know why my brain works like that. It does. It really does. And, and then as I'm going on, and, and the reason why I'm telling you this is because as I'm going on with this rant about cancel culture and how I feel about it personally, I am terrified inside. I am shaking inside thinking, this is going to upset people. This is going to offend people. People are going to be mad at me. People I care about greatly could be mad at me for my opinions, for my thoughts, for my voice. People are going to be mad at me. And that shouldn't matter. Because as a strong, independent woman, which I'm hopefully eventually going to be, I'm entitled to have my own opinions. I am not entitled. Okay, there's that word entitlement. I am allowed I am a rational thinking human being, grown adult. I can form thoughts and opinions. I can have those thoughts and opinions. I don't have the right to force them down somebody's throat, and that's fine. I'm not forcing my opinions down anybody's throat. I'm not saying you have to agree with me. But I feel I should not feel like my thoughts and opinions are going to make people angry at me and be worried that if I share my opinions and my voice that I'm going to lose friends and lose people that care. Because if I do, you know what? See ya. You weren't obviously a friend because you should be able to have a difference of opinion and still maintain a relationship. You should respect the fact that the other person isn't going to agree with everything that you say, everything that you feel and everything that you do. Because if they did, it'd be really freaking boring. I call them yes men. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, I agree with everything you say. Well, there, where's the conversation? Where's the healthy debate? Where's the learning experience? And that's what I think cancel culture is trying to do is wipe out all of those learning experiences, wipe out all of those conversations, all the uncomfortableness and the awkwardness and the, the hard things that, to look at. Because they make fee- people feel uncomfortable. Well, damn it, they should. You should feel uncomfortable. Life is not a bed of roses. Life is not a beautiful sunset. Life is not a pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. Life is difficult. It's ugly. It's painful. It's angry. And it's finding moments that make you happy. But it's facing all of the nastiness. I mean, you look at the chain of, of the food chain, for crying out loud. Survival of the fittest. If you're weak enough to get eaten, guess what? You're going to get eaten. It's a fact of life. You, you can't wipe out everything that offends you. You can learn from it. You can grow from it. And you can teach the next generation. Don't be like that. But you can't wipe it out. You can't erase it from history. Because it happened. You can't erase slavery. It happened. And we've learned from it. We're still learning from it and we're better. We're maybe not great, but we're better. We're getting better. And if you wipe all that out into non-existence, then those mistakes are going to be made again because there's nothing for people to learn from. There's nothing for people to compare to. I'm going back to Pepe Le Pew and his behavior. You can't 
teach a young man to not be like that if there's nothing to show him what to not be like? You can't just assume that if you wipe out all of the negative behaviors that they may see, that they're not going to perpetuate those negative behaviors. Because that is being incredibly naive. Incredibly naive. There are studies that have against nature versus nurture. The human nature is angry and violent and aggressive. That's human nature. Human nurture is loving and kind and gentle. So if you remove the examples of how not to be angry and aggressive and only have the lovely things left, then how are they going to learn how to control their nature? Our nature is to kill or be killed. Survival. That is our base nature. Yeah, we have opposable thumbs. We have conscious thought. We have rational thought. We have vocabulary. Still survival. In the workplace, at home, out in the streets. Still survival. Survival of the fittest. Yes, we take care of our ailing and we take care of our young. But, survival. So if you take away everything that teaches us how to manage our natural instincts, our natural side, and you obliterate an entire culture, you cancel an entire culture, what is that telling the next generation that if you don't like something, you can take that big old eraser and you can just rub it out? It never existed. No, that's not right. That's not how it works. We make mistakes, we learn from those mistakes. We teach the next generation not to make the same mistakes. You don't go back and erase the mistakes. What's done is done. You can't erase it. You can't cancel it. It's not like it's a TV series that's doing poorly and you're canceling it in season three. You can't do that. It's there. It's done. Learn from it. Don't wipe it out. A book company no longer wants to publish Certain Dr. Seuss books, fine, don't publish them, but don't go into stores and libraries and secondhand bookstores and pull them all from the shelves so that they are no longer out there in existence. Might as well throw them all in a big, big pile and light fire to them. Let's have an old-fashioned book burning, why don't we? Mm-hmm. It's exactly what you're doing by canceling it. So we need to stop. This cancel culture needs to stop. Stop. It's only going to get worse. It's ridiculous. Make change. Yes, make change. Change good. Move forward. Learn from the past. Don't be like Pepe Le Pew. Obtain consent before you maul the cat. Don't kill the cat. Obtain consent before you abuse the cat. The cat says, sure. Squish me, kiss me, love me, whatever. Have at her. Obtain consent. Have a conversation about the behavior. Don't erase it. Don't cancel it. Don't wipe it out. Because it's a very slippery slope you, that you go down when you start canceling things. Just in Looney Tunes alone, that entire, if you are going to go on the premise of Pepe Le Pew, then that entire 
cartoon history should be wiped out. And then we need to move over to Disney. Yeah. Let's move over to Disney and see what we can cancel over there. I can guarantee you, if cancel culture starts attacking the mouse, you're going to see cancel culture disappear very, very quickly. You watch. Mark my words. Ask anybody who's ever had a run-in with the mouse. The mouse is a corporation. It is big business, and it has tentacles and roots and systems everywhere. Fingers in everything. And I've seen cosplay groups obliterated because they, they upset the mouse. I've seen events obliterated because they upset the mouse. I've seen little events just starting out getting a phone call from lawyers representing the mouse because they stepped out of line. They did something that upset the mouse. No, no, you can't do that. So if cancel culture comes after the mouse, that's going to be a fight that I am interested in seeing because there is a lot that could be going by the guidelines that cancel culture has set. There is a lot that they could go after Disney for. Want to start with Rocky Horror? They own that movie now. Frankenfurter is a Disney princess. And I can tell you, this cancel culture can find all kinds of wrong on Frankenfurter. If you are in support of cancel culture, that is your prerogative. You can support it all you like. I am not nor will I ever support cancel culture. I will support change. I will support learning from our past mistakes. I will not support wiping out a complete culture from removing it from existence. No. No. Feel free to email me too. You want to discuss this? You want to come on the show and discuss this? We can. I am open to that. Change my mind. Change my mind. If you think you can change my mind and convince me that cancel culture is good, try it. I dare you. There you go. I threw it out there. I dare you to convince me that cancel culture is how we should be going. Because that is almost like the ultimate form of censorship. It's not, it's not censoring. It's obliterating. It's wiping out completely from existence. What's next? Imagination? Creativity? Oh, you don't like Harry Potter and the way things went? All right, let's cancel that. Hagrid made you uncomfortable because he was big and hairy. Okay, cancel it. That's fine. Sesame Street. Oh, you don't like Snuffleupagus. Okay, well, cancel it. Oscar the Grouch makes you uncomfortable because he's grouchy. And you shouldn't behave like that? He's selfish? Oh, cancel it. Let's cancel it. Sharon Lewis and Bram, the skin of Marinky Dink. Oh, that says a bad word. We need to cancel that. Mm-hmm. Slippery slope, people. Slippery slope. You should not feel guilty for how you feel. If something offends you, if something upsets you, if something makes you feel uncomfortable, look at why it offends you. Look at why it makes you feel uncomfortable and have a discussion about it. 
Open a discussion with your children. Open a discussion with your friends, with your family, with those around you. Don't just erase it to make everybody happy. You can't erase our generation. You can't. It's not possible. We are too loud for that. We will yell. We will scream. Trust me. <laughs> You'll know the Gen Xers aren't happy. But yeah, that's that's the basis of my podcast today is the cancel culture is really starting to frustrate me. And the problem that I had with my TikTok live today just kind of brought all of my frustrations to a head. And that was the biggest one. My constant need to please everybody around me and to make everybody around me have things as easy as possible and never have to worry about, do I need to pay her some attention? Do I need to pursue her a little more? Do I need to put a little more into this relationship than I am? I'm all of the frustrations. I'm, you know, I was afraid to speak on cancel culture because I am somebody who tries to please everybody all the time and say the things that people want to hear. Do the things that people want me to do. And if I can do more to make your life easier, oh, sure, pile it on. Come on, give it to me. I'll do that. Not a problem. And it needs to stop. All of it. All of it needs to stop. I feel a little better now, actually. I do. Now that I've got that off my chest. <laughs> I hope your opinion of me doesn't change because you dis- you may disagree with what I've said. And keep in mind, this is how I feel. This is how I see things. See, and here I'm already trying to apologize for what I've said. And that's wrong. I, I should not be apologizing for how I feel. I shouldn't. I should not be apologizing for how I feel. It's how I feel. And I'm allowed to feel that way. So, yeah, I don't agree with cancel culture. I am going to voice my opinion when I feel the need to. Now that I've vented about it, I probably won't give it a second thought. I know I won't be commenting again on my Facebook wall unless somebody comes at me directly. Um, I did have to have a conversation with one of the girls on there because she was bringing all of her trauma and placing it onto a cartoon skunk. And as one that has experienced far more for a far longer period of time, same trauma, I had to remind her that we don't blame a skunk for our abuser's behavior. He didn't watch a skunk and decide that this was the thing to do. No. I don't blame my abusers for their behavior because they watched Pepe Le Pew. I blame them before their beha- for their behavior because they are sick individuals. Plain and simple. They are responsible for their behavior. Not a cartoon skunk. Sorry. It's just the way it is. I blame them for their behavior, not because they listen to Eminem, not because they read Dr. Seuss or ate pancake syrup. I don't know. Maybe it's just me, but I think we can run into a lot more problems and a lot more discrimination 
and a lot more issues with cancel culture than we can if we had just left them and used them as teaching moments. Okay, you're being a little aggressive. All right, you're watching Pepe Le Pew. Maybe that's why. Let's have a conversation about that. There was a a series on um, a while ago called 13 Reasons Why, and I sat and I watched it with my daughter, and she was young at the time, and I I was berated for that. Um, Another show that my daughter and I watched when she was very young, uh, well, not very young, but I think, you know, she's about 10, 11, somewhere around there, maybe 12, maybe about a bit bit younger, um, was Glee. And it dealt with homosexuality, it dealt with teenage pregnancy, it dealt with drug abuse, it dealt with theft, it dealt with eating disorders, it dealt with a lot of things. And every single episode I sat and watched with my daughter opened up a conversation and we would talk about what we had just seen, how she felt about it, what was right, what was wrong, what it meant. We had a conversation about it. And yeah, my daughter has issues. She does. None of them stemmed from watching Glee. Not one of them. And when things did happen to her that caused her to have the issues that she had, she came to us and told us what happened. And we were able to take the steps that we needed to to protect her. Because we had a conversation that was difficult before the situation happened. I didn't ban it from my house because I didn't feel it was appropriate or it was uncomfortable or it dealt with topics that she shouldn't be talking about. Really? No. So why are y'all doing it now? I don't understand it. I don't. I really don't understand it. But I think I'm going to end my podcast there because I'm starting to get very hungry and I need some food. And my thought patterns are starting to get a little erratic. So yeah, I need some food. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. I hope you got something useful out of this week's episode. Um, I didn't cry. (laughs) So there's that. And I hope that you take something away from this week's episode. Whether you decide you don't like me anymore or you decide that we need to have a conversation or we don't need to have a conversation, or you need to have a conversation with the people in your life about cancel culture and start looking at things in their lives that they're watching and they're paying attention to and they're idolizing and looking up to um, and having a conversation about that and making sure that they have the right ideas and that they have the right goals and aspirations um, then I'm happy, you know, and if you come back next week, awesome, even better. (laughs) So I hope you guys all have a good week and hopefully I'll have a better week next week. So if you want to find me, you can find me on Facebook at Lupa's Bits, the podcast. Uh, You can find me at the World of Myth magazine, as long as I still have a job. Um, You can find me at... Um, Stephanie Barty, you can find me at Lupa Barty, all on Facebook. You can find me on, ah, you can find me on Twitter at Lupa B. You can find all my things. 
uh, at Lupus Bits, the podcast, the World of Myth magazine. You can find me on Instagram at Luhu Baskets, Lupa Bits, the podcast, Stephanie Barty author, Stephanie Lupa Barty author. I think that's all of them. And you can find me at TikTok at Lady Lou Who or Lady Lou back underscore backup. Uh, you want to email me? It's Lupa, L-U-P-A, Barty, B-A-R-D-Y at gmail.com. Let the hate mail begin. <laughs> all right, everybody. Have a good week. See ya. Carry on my way, son. There'll be peace when you are done. Lay your weary head to rest. Don't you cry. Don't you cry.